You're listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, Episode 116. Mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with Nikki Hess, assistant women's volleyball coach at San Francisco State University, to discuss her athletic journey that led her to a coaching career. Coach Hess shares the importance of mental skills training and how it helped her get out of her own way when playing at the collegiate and professional level, and how it has helped her in teaching these skills to her athletes. It is Coach Hess's passion to coach the heart and the mind of her athletes that makes her so special. What would more wins, higher productivity, or quicker recovery mean for you? NeuroPeak Pro optimizes human performance by working to promote balance within the autonomic nervous system. Used by the world's elite athletes, this training program is now available to you at home. Cutting-edge neuroscience and technology allows you to strengthen your brain remotely, anytime, anywhere. Schedule your evaluation and get started with your brain training today. Visit NeuroPeak Pro and receive a 10% discount by using the promo code GRANTPAR. interested in a full body resistance training system to achieve your athletic and fitness goals, the Mass Suit from Juke Performance is your answer. The Mass Suit is a full body resistance training suit that you wear during your exercising or sports specific training to enhance your speed, strength, power, agility, and endurance. You are fully mobile and it's great for plyometric and high intensity training. It engages all muscle groups simultaneously and increases to a 50% caloric burn. Check out the mass suit at jukeperformance.com and other fitness-related products, and make sure to use the promo code GRANTPAR, one word, G-R-A-N-T-P-A-R-R, for your 10% discount. Hey, Nikki, how are you? Great, Grant, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. I'm a... Uh... I'm really excited to to talk to you today, not only to, to kind of get into your mindset as an athlete, because mm-hmm. you were an elite athlete when you played volleyball, but just to get into your mindset as a coach, now that you're coaching at San Francisco State University. So I'm really excited to talk to you, and it's been you know awesome to work with you for the last year, too. Yes. So, awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. So let's get into one of my favorite topics, okay. um, mental toughness, and I know that you teach mental toughness, and you've had to go through a lot of times throughout your career to be mentally tough. Uh, but when you think of of being an athlete and a coach, what does mentally tough mean to you? So mentally tough to me means there's so many things in your head going on when you're an athlete, when you're pushing yourself to limits. And I think that it's being mentally tough is ignoring all of the negative self-talk and finding a way to find positive in what you're doing and to overcome some of those boundaries that other people set for you or you set for yourself. Um, so yeah, I guess just overcoming boundaries and yeah. Totally. And I, I agree with you on that for yeah. sure. Now I'm going to have you go back into your career. Okay. And so specifically, can you point out a time, maybe at Santa Clara, mm-hmm. uh, when you played at Santa Clara university, but a specific time where you had to be mentally tough, like what was that, that time, that experience? Yeah, I have a lot of (laughs) examples of that, but I think one that really sticks out is um, something that happened my sophomore year. 
So we did a 10 day road trip to the East Coast and ended up playing, I wanna say eight games in 10 days. And the first weekend I was a little bit sick. I came down ready to play, but um, the coaches wanted me to get better for the next game. And then I did that fine, whatever. We traveled then to Harvard and we were playing at Harvard. We were up two to zero. And all of a sudden, just this big group of people walks in and I started playing not so great. We ended up losing. And then we had another game that night, same thing. I just was in my own head, not playing very well. And um, towards the end of the game, I started feeling a little bit better, trying to talk myself into um, sort of fake it till you make it attitude. Mm -hmm. And then I thought I was doing better and my coach yells, get your head out of your effing ass yeah. to me. And then that's when I started getting in my own head again. And I was just like, I thought I was doing better. And I realized, okay, I could either let this affect me negatively or I could just say, yeah, he's right and let's go. And I decided to do the latter. So um, ended up getting my head out of my ass and <laughs> we ended up winning. So awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a good weekend and now um, his name's John Wallace, who's my head coach at Santa Clara. Him and I always joke about having a club, and so I'm a part of the club, and anyone that he's yelled at oh, there to is a part of the club. So I love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's funny when you think about, uh, and we'll, we'll get into your coaching style later in the, in the show, yeah. but, you know, there's all these different styles out there, right. and there, I think there's, there's times for transactional coaching versus transformational coaching. Right. Uh, so however you deem what a transactional coach looks like in the moment, you know, when a coach says, get your head out of your ass, right? right? Yeah. Um, personally, how did, like, do you, re as much as that's not fun to be in that situation, right. but does that, does that, re do you respond to that kind of coaching? Because there's a team that I work with now, mm -hmm. uh, one of the best in, in women's basketball right now, they get it now. Like, they say, they tell me all the time, like, when they get yelled at, they're just, they take it as coaching, not as, like, a personal, personal attack, attack. Yeah. and they go we do better when, when that happens yeah um I honestly never really found out what works best for me because I reacted fine to both ways to uh, more calm coaching and also being yelled at so um I don't know yeah <laughs> yeah both work for me I know right yeah yeah I meet me too yeah, and like I never took anything personally and Sometimes you have to remind yourself that you're in the situation you are for a reason, and you wouldn't be given those challenges by your coaches if they didn't think you could handle them. Right. So that was something that I always had to remind myself of, too. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. So before we get into coaching and your mindset of coaching, because mm -hmm. your, your athletic experience and background is very impressive, uh, and so I want to I want to dig into a little bit of your mindset and, and your accomplishments. Okay. You know, you were a former All-American, a three-time first-team All-WCC selection for Santa Clara, mm -hmm. and you recorded the most uh, career kills in school history during the rally scoring era, sure. which was 1,518. So, man, that, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. If you were to describe in one word, the, these accomplishments that you had at Santa Clara, what, what would be that one word? I would have to say grateful. Um, oh. So I actually committed to Santa Clara very late in my senior year, which is not normal. It wasn't normal then, it's especially not normal now, but um, I was 
given a lot of different opportunities to go to different places when I was a, a sophomore and junior in, in high school, um, but just nothing really seemed to fit for me. And then by senior year, it's almost like people, they're, I mean, there's not a lot of opportunity left. And so something opened up at Santa Clara and I had never heard of the school. And the coaches were um, pretty relentless in recruiting me. They kept calling me and I was just like, I don't really know, I've never heard of that school. But they got me to go for a visit and I went and then, um, I mean, even for them, I think it's a bit of a risk taking someone that late in the game and they have to ask themselves, so oh, why isn't this person committed, etc. cetera. So, um, so yeah, I think just, I'm grateful that I had that opportunity. I had that window to be able to go to that school and that the coaches put so much time and effort into me. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, when we talk about mindsets, we hear about that word all the time, especially right. in sports. Yeah. Um, how would you describe your mindset and what fueled it? So actually on my official visit to Santa Clara, um, one of my coaches asked me just something about mindset similar to that question and he said what do you like about like what sets you aside from other players and I said that I don't get in my own head mm -hmm. but when you're in high school that's an easy thing to do and obviously I faced those challenges when I got to college and there were times that I got in my own head but um, I was just given a lot of help with positive self-talk and um, just how to respond to certain things in the game and so I think that having that positive self-talk was the thing that helped me the most. Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, and, and, and you know this because we work together, but I mean, if, if you want to refocus yourself, you want to get back into your most confident self, it, it's the way you talk to it. the situation, your feelings, your emotions, your thoughts, it's the way you talk to it. So yeah, exactly. That, and, it's, and it's, you know, for my show and my listeners, obviously I, I get the front row seat <laughs> to interview people like you, yeah. uh, and, and it's really cool, but, you know, it's just lessons that we get to learn from your stories. Right, yeah. So, so that's like awesome. I mentioned earlier, there's so many situations for every athlete and even those who don't play sports where in your head there's so many negative thoughts or situations or what if this happened what if that happened and so having those um either key like cues or keys to get you back to reality or the positive yeah. mindset for, helps a lot. for sure for sure so let's reflect on your career okay. at santa clara can you share, now I know I just asked you to go back to a specific time, a right. mental toughness yeah. specific time. So can you go back and share your biggest mental win, like that specific thing that you rose up and because of a, because you had a mental game, right. and then can you share your biggest mental fail and how did you overcome it? Um, yes. Win as in win in the game or just... Just win in the moment. Okay. Yeah. So... I would have to say those two were probably the same um, same example, but at different times. Mm. So my biggest win was, or I'll do my loss first, and then I won after there that. There you go. So um, I have actually shared this story with you, but <laughs> we were playing, it was my freshman year, we played a game at home against Pacific, and I want to say it was the first couple weeks of season. Um, but the servers were just really on me and I got aced three times in a row. And for some reason, I don't think it's only me, I think a lot of volleyball players feel this way. 
uh, when you struggle passing, that's something that sticks with you a lot more than anything else. Mm -hmm. And so being ace three times in a row did not feel great. We ended up losing the game in five, and that was the one thing that set with me the whole night. Like, how how did I pass so bad? I never wanted to go back into the gym. I was just like, yeah. gonna pack up my bags, <laughs> I'm pack done. up my locker room, <laughs> yeah, and head out of there. Um, and then the next day, so yeah, that was the loss. I just sort of gave up on myself then and was ready to, I wasn't actually gonna quit, but that's what was in my head not anything about getting back into gym and getting better. Um, and then the next day I met with my coach before practice and he had said, um, what I like about you is that you just want to come back in here and get better. And I couldn't tell him, but I was like, no, that's not how I feel. <laughs> right. But then I had to do some self-reflection and say, yeah, of course, that's what I want. I just was wallowing in self-pity for a little bit and Right. Um, decided to go back to practice and then we had a, I mean we had one practice and then a game the next day so I had to get back into it quick um, it was a fast turnaround but then I don't even remember what happened the next game so I guess it wasn't anything negative <laughs> so that is my biggest mental win awesome yeah now how do you you know and obviously that this happens a lot in any sport with a lot of athletes yeah. where shit happens right. like you know a negative thing happens a mistake exactly. you know and, and you and I know this you know we talk about the emotional bag of shit how do you let go of it in the moment right. so f was it that moment or was there several moments where you've had to deal with stuff like that and how did you like did you have a process to to like to get to the point where you're you're with it whether right. for the moment or for the next 24 hours like how to let it go I don't know if I had a process I think that um time helped me a lot um, and then also like I said we had such short or quick turnarounds from game to game that I didn't have enough time really to let it wallow with me but um, one thing that we did at Santa Clara that we do here now with our girls is we write on the whiteboard and there's one it's two focuses and then the last one is a um, uh, action word and so my word was always next, mm. um, and that helped me a lot at practice and then also in games. And I guess I was just more mindful of if something bad happened during the game, I thought next. But then also if something happened and we lost the game, I had to remind myself that my action word is next. So we have to focus on yeah. the next time I get in the gym, the next game. For sure. Yeah, go from there. I love it. And, uh, you know, we talk about this a lot here at San Francisco State, but so what next play? Exactly. And, that, and I love that next. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you want to worry about what just happened, that you have no more control, you can. That's right. your choice. Yeah. But it doesn't make you a better athlete in that moment. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I love that. That's cool. So I love this question just because the whole, like, routine and process that people, athletes do to mm -hmm. get prepared. Right. So whether it's getting prepared for practice or a game, like, did you have a routine for those for practice or for a game that you followed? Not in college. I think in high school, I actually played with my sister in high school. She was two years older than me. Mm -hmm. And we tried to make pregame rituals, but it was mostly just a way for my parents to like buy us Jamba Juice before the game or something like that. So like, <laughs> mom, it was good luck. Um, but in college, I tried to not be too superstitious. Um, and as for routine, I mean, we would go through our routine that we had as a team and have 
we had our pregame meals and then a pass around and a little bit of a break I would try to clear my mind um, but I would go through our pregame warm-up as usual and then every time we went for the national anthem I would take that time to sort of breathe and focus on my breath and calm my nerves a little bit and then think to myself like as soon as this is over it's go time so yeah I think just taking that time to slow everything down and get my mind right beautiful yeah what about um visualizing your performance was that a part of uh, your routine at all before games yeah so this is actually crazy you know that we do this before practices and games and we've done some work with you and um that's actually something i learned in high school and the first time i did it our so my freshman year of high school our team won the state championship in arizona um but the first time we did visualization we lost every game of our tournament and we got last place wow. and we were the top team in the in the state so <laughs> i was not a big fan and i was sort of close-minded on it i just didn't want to try it again i just thought it would be bad luck um then i was reintroduced to it again in college and it took some time for me to get to a place where i actually appreciated it and it helped me mm. um but even with like the times that I didn't like it, just taking that time to even focus on nothing and focus on breathing and just being in that situation helped me a lot um, until I could grow myself to get to that point of visualization. Got it, yeah. got it. What about nerves? Did you ever get nervous? All the time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you did you think it was a good thing or is it a bad thing for you? Um, I was always told that it's a good thing. Um, if you're not nervous, then you're not taking it seriously or you're not as important in the role as you think you are so mm. um so yeah i always got nervous i always thought it was a good thing but i would use times like visualization or like i said during the national anthem to try to calm my nerves yeah, yeah. i love it because yeah. breath and visualization are there's a few other things you can do but those things you can control exactly. that energy yeah, exactly. man when i played i was um i didn't even know what i thought like why do i have these nerves like why me why do i have to feel this right now yeah. And then now that I've done all this work and work with all these different athletes, it's, man, your body's telling you to, it's, it's ready to perform. Right. Get excited for that. And, and that was the thing too. Like I had that question asked to me, like, are you nervous? Are you excited? Right. And I'm like, wait, I can get excited? Yeah. Yeah, you can. Exactly. Yeah. I think, I mean, I've heard of some athletes who get really nervous, but then they say like, oh, I'm so nervous. I, I don't even want to do it. But I, whenever I got nervous, I knew that was when I was ready to go. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, from your perspective, what do you think, this is a big question, okay. so so what do you think makes an athlete elite? That is a big question. <laughs> There's a lot. Um, I, it obviously takes a lot of time. You know, you hear a lot of people say like, oh, they're just a natural born athlete. And mm. I think that's unfair to a lot of athletes because, yeah, they could have been born with like better skill set, more athleticism, etc. But that doesn't mean that they didn't put in the same amount of time and work as other people. Um, right. So it's just, I think it's more of a head start, but it's not the reason that they're elite. Um, yeah, I would just have to say a mind-body connection, being mentally strong and being able to push yourself to certain limits and setting goals for yourself. And um, something that I was big on too in college was like setting almost like intangible goals. So it wasn't like, oh, get the most kills. It was always 
um, like grow my range when I was attacking or um, have a better like sight of the block when I was attacking something like that where I couldn't be like like check it off it was like did I get better at it yes but I still can get better right so just almost allowing yourself to not have a ceiling and keep pushing those boundaries big time yeah. you know there's um, I hear my my uh, mentor say this a lot but I you know, everybody wants to be great and they want to achieve excellence. And, they, and if they can do it overnight, like right. yeah, that'd be awesome, right? Exactly. But uh, I remember, you know, he was telling me, he's like, man, if you want to be an overnight success, you know, it takes 10 years. Yeah. And there's that whole 10,000 hour rule, you know, for mastering something. Right. So, and the reason why I'm bringing it up, I think it's great you brought it up because whether if it is physical reps, whether it's mental reps, if you want to be good at it, you have to put it, you have to do hard work and you right. have to rep it out. Exactly. You know, yeah. rep it out yeah. every way you can, you yeah. know. So, but you did, you did talk a little bit about, um, you know, kills and obviously playing the sport you love. Mm -hmm. And you know me because when I sit next to you watching <laughs> the games, I get a little excited. Yeah. So, what does it feel like when you just rip the ball? When you, when you just hit the sweet part of that ball and obviously you get the point. But how, what, what do you feel when you actually do that? I honestly am as surprised as anyone when I hit the ball. <laughs> like in college, I remember getting a kill and I was just like, how? Like, I don't know if I meant to do that or if it just happened, but. And then my team would look at me like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I'm just like, I don't know. And yeah, like, of course, there's times where you go and you want to have a big swing and it ends up being like a hard hit. But there's just some that were either just the angle of it or um, how the situation was set up that it was almost surprising to me. Mm. But that was also a really cool feeling. Yeah. So when I, when I, you know, obviously you hear me all the time when I say the word boom. Right. Like every time just yes. someone rips it. Yes. Is it fair to say like, um, is there electricity? Do you feel like, like this kinetic, because there's a lot, I mean... I've seen, I haven't seen you play, but right. I've seen pictures of you flying up in the air, yeah. and I can only imagine you coming down with the hammer. Right, yeah. I mean, is it fair to say that there's like some kind of kinetic electricity thing happening? Yeah, for sure. I think that, I mean, a lot of people too, which is really nice to hear, would always say that they loved watching me play, um, not just because of the skill set I had, but because of my energy, and I was always happy, and that's yeah. why some of the stories I shared are so out of character. It's like... Why is she mad or like, what, what's going on? But yeah, right. I mean, when I was playing volleyball, I was always smiling. And of course, scoring points for your team feels really good. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about tapping into that joy, right? Yeah, exactly. Totally. So let's let's transition a little bit into coaching. Okay. You know, after your career at Santa Clara, you, you went into the professional ranks for a little bit, yeah. came back to Santa Clara to coach. And, and you coach club as well, and right. now you're coaching here your second year at San Francisco State. Yeah. Uh, what pulled you into to coaching? So I, like you said, I finished college, and I actually wasn't sure if I wanted to continue playing volleyball, but my senior year of college wasn't, um, I didn't get all out of it that I wanted to, and so I just wanted to see if I could keep going and maybe give myself one more year to play. Um, and I had a great experience. I was living in a new country, um, but that also comes with its own challenges, you yeah. know, there's a different language, just different, it's just such a different experience, so um, I decided to come home and 
I moved back to Arizona for a little bit, but I knew that I wanted to be in the Bay Area, at least now in my 20s, where um, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of my friends from college in the area still, and so I just started looking for jobs, and I ended up getting just a normal job. I was working at Tesla, and um, that's when I started coaching club again, and I started coaching the 18s team, and so I really enjoyed being around the older girls and having those ones that were more experienced. I actually also coached 12 year olds at the same time so it was cool to see the differences right. but um the 18s were definitely a cool experience for me and i was around so many great coaches that i was able to learn a lot from um but i would go to work at tesla and i just always felt myself saying like oh i don't want to go to work or like oh, i have to go to work and then when i was going to work for club, I would just say like, oh, I'm going to volleyball or I'm going to practice. And mm -hmm. I just under, like I saw how much lighter it was for me and how it didn't put so much stress on me or just unhappiness, I guess. Yeah. And so um, that's when I decided that I wanted to try to pursue that more full time than working a corporate job. And um, I mean, I've talked to multiple people about this. I don't know if it's something I want to do as a career yet, but I wanted to at least give it a shot. Um, so. Santa Clara opened up and it was going to be a grad assistant position so I would have gotten school paid for and then I would have been coaching a little bit and so um, it would have worked out where if I want to stay in coaching I have that experience but if I want to do work outside of volleyball then I would have a master's degree yeah um, and then this position opened up and I did some more self-reflection and realized maybe school wasn't the best idea for me. I didn't love, I mean, I loved college, but I didn't love going to class. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. And, um, and it was just a better position, I think, I mean, getting paid and then also being able to coach. Um, so my position at Santa Clara would have been more of an operations position and I wouldn't be able to coach. So I think just um, at least feeling that side of my potential future out and seeing if that's what I wanted to do. It, just ended up being a better fit and it happened at the perfect time got it yeah all right cool awesome well th this this question is more um because i had to go through this you know coming out of you know all the years i played my sport played football and and i'm in a different coaching role than you are right. but i've had to, i had to separate you know i had to stay in my role when i'm working with football players mm -hmm. i have to know that i am not a, the athlete anymore. I'm not right. coaching them football. I'm mental performance coaching them. So exactly. considering that you dedicated your life to this sport and you played so many years, <laughs> is it difficult to kind of separate the, the athlete and the coach yeah. role? Yeah, I think that there's obviously pros and cons about that. So I realized probably halfway through season, um, when I started speaking out to the team, I never understood, like, I didn't know if they didn't hear me, if they weren't listening, really what, but I'm sure you experienced this, especially being a quarterback. You talk to the team and they sort of hype you up when you're playing. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, let's do it. Or like, yeah, I agree. And then they like, try to carry on that conversation. Um, and it's just nothing I ever really looked at until, I don't know, halfway through the season. And um, I realized if you're a coach, the girls aren't going to do that. They're just going to listen to you and they're going to do that. Yeah. And so for me, the longest time I sort of struggled with was like, I don't know if they don't take me seriously or they don't respect me. 
so it was hard for me to speak out and then once I had that realization I was like okay that makes a lot more sense totally um so that was something that was hard for me but um, I also realized that with my experience of playing a lot of them did respect me a lot more and I actually got to practice with the team once during season and a few of them were like oh wow like awesome hit like when I hit the ball and then <laughs> Trinity turned to, to everyone and she's like why are you guys surprised that she's good and so that like made me feel good too and it's just like it. they do understand that I've been through this they understand that um I did play at a high level and I have a lot of experience with the game and mm -hmm. so that made me realize they do respect me and also that they could come to me with all of their challenges not just volleyball but um things that they're facing mentally and then also off the court with just outside forces like family school etc right been through that too. totally yeah do you do you feel like you're a like a player's coach yeah sort of yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a great feeling yeah exactly oh i i think yeah. it's i mean there's definitely uh there's there's a balance to it right exactly but yeah that co i mean because players i mean don't get me wrong like if you're a coach, a coach, coach, that's right. fine. Yeah. There's some great ones. Exactly. But players, you know, they, they want to plug in sometimes, and yeah. they want to feel like you're plugging into them too. Right. So yeah, I get it. So you know, obviously being here uh, at San Francisco State for last year, <laughs> and working with you and the team, I completely witnessed you being totally bought in into mental skills. Yeah. So how important do you think, from your perspective? is it to have mental skills training within a program? I actually was extremely excited when Matt told me that we are going to have a mental skills coach. I never had a professional mental skills coach, but it was always something that was a part of our program at Santa Clara, and we had coaches that just did their own research, mm. um, but they were always bought into that, and like I said, um, like I, with the visualization, I wasn't like extremely bought in, but I gave it a try. Um, but there were other situations like the like positive self-talk that I would always give it a try and then see it basically work its magic and realize how great it was. And, mm. um, what was really awesome to see is that it wasn't only just helpful for me, it was helpful for a lot of teammates of mine. Um, you almost, like I saw a transition from Pretty much two girls go from having fixed mindsets to growth mindsets just after reading that book. Yeah. And um, just how powerful that training could be. And like I said, we didn't have, we didn't even have professional training. So for us to be able to have you here with us at SF State um, means a lot to me. And I think that this team is going to grow a lot, not only in the sport, but also after college and in their careers if they keep on being um, cautious and. Um, like holding themselves accountable to what they're thinking in their head and how yeah. they can be more positive and not allow other outside forces or negative thoughts to affect them. Totally. Yeah. You're preaching the, the mental gospel there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So one more question here before we sign out. Okay. Um, and I always say this at the end of my shows, mm -hmm. you know, this is a deep question. Okay. Uh, but, um, it's about reflection. So when you reflect on your whole career as an athlete and also mm -hmm. as a coach, what do you think you've learned the most about yourself? Oh, wow. That is deep. You're right? <laughs> I need a second to think about that one. <laughs> um, something I've learned the most about myself. Yeah. Um, I think that I have 
um, realizes how strong I am, but not not only physically, mentally, and um, I faced obviously a lot of challenges mm -hmm. that a lot of athletes have, but not a lot of normal people have, um, and even some that not every athlete has, and I've overcome those, and there's a lot of people that have been in the same situation as I have, but they don't always overcome it. They either give up or they just don't get better, and I think that um, I feel confident in saying that like I said earlier, not giving yourself a ceiling. I thought I never did that as a player. And um, obviously I'm very new as a coach, but I hope that I continue to have that mindset as a coach and not have a ceiling for myself. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. You know, and, and real quick before we close out, I mean, it just brought up stuff uh, with my own story, my own journey where, you know, I, for decades after mm -hmm. I left my sport, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't know how to get over it. Right. I didn't know how to, the adversity that I had to deal with with my career and injury and all the other things that spawned from it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to let go of it and deal with the adversity. Right. Yeah, but once I did it, though, like I freed myself. Like I mean, freed myself. Yeah. So the fact that, um, and now, yeah, again, my ceiling, I don't have a ceiling. I'm, a, I'm right. like, I'm playing a big game, exactly. you know? So, and it's cool that, you know, with you and also, with with Coach Hoffman, that you guys are part of me playing this game right now. You guys right. are part of that journey, so yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. So, so again, Coach, uh, it's it's awesome working with you, but it's you awesome too. to have you on my show. Thank you. And uh, thanks for sharing your journey and your mindset as an athlete and coach. And I know that a lot of my listeners are going to enjoy this, especially the team. I know the team's going to enjoy it too. So, <laughs> so thanks again for being on the show. Yes, thank you so much.